I'm glad I can visit with you. <clears throat> Miss these young folks are skipping around here and they're gone off as we know. Pray for them because uh, they're having to chaperone our adults while they're up there. So we're looking forward to them coming back. Appreciate you being here, uh, being a part of our uh, Sunday morning worship service. Uh, <clears throat> I don't get around to uh, talking with many people on the mornings I preach. There's a reason for that. If the devil's going to ever get under my skin, he'll do it sometime with uh, somebody that uh, maybe are dissatisfied or something's going on in their life and I just don't... Uh, I just don't get around and shake hands with people much, and not that you'll create a problem for me, but the devil will. <clears throat> I go to bed at night and I say, God, let me dream something good. I dream the worst things that could ever be dreamed. And then uh, I get up the next morning and got to come up here and preach, so it's not, not a good moment. Um, to understand any book in the Bible... Uh, you have to understand the purpose for what he has been written for. Uh, we know that Solomon, the human author uh, of uh, Ecclesiastes, and of course he wrote Proverbs, the Song of Solomon. And we know Proverbs speaks about his wisdom. But the book of Ecclesiastes speaks about the foolishness of his life. Uh, and in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 3... Uh, I'm going to begin reading there in verses 1 and read down through verse number 8. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Our pastors used it here. I've heard him use this. I've heard it used at backyard services and different special occasions. But let me read this to you and preach to you today on understanding our timing. To everything there's a season. A time to ever purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. May God add His blessings to the reading of His Word. Ecclesiastes tells us that God is a God of timing. There's an appointment for everything under the sun. Hebrews 9.27 is familiar to most of us. For it's appointed unto man to die, and afterwards the judgment of God. So there is time for every event under the heavens. And we need to understand some of the timings and the seasons that God has 
ordained for us as his children. If you remember, there's the story of Moses. And in our uh, Wednesday night's uh, studies on Wednesday night, um, one of the things was to read Exodus about Moses. And Moses was called out for a certain period of time. And just like Moses or anybody else, uh, he began to make an excuse of why God wanted him to go and do what he wanted him to do. And that simply was, um, I want you to go back and lead the children out of the bondage of Egypt. Uh, And God had to burn a bush in front of him in order to get his attention and and then spoke to him out of that. And then he gave his excuse. He says, God, I can't speak well. I've used that excuse. But he says, I can't speak well. And God says, I'll be with you and I'll send your brother along with you to speak for you. And then we know there's another man in the scriptures, a man by the name of Gideon. And uh, it said that Gideon was a man of courage. But yet when you find him threshing wheat, he's not on the mountaintop threshing the wheat where you're supposed to be, where you can throw it up in the air and let the wind blow the chaff away. But he was down in the valley because he was afraid of the Canaanites. And I can just see him there now. He's sweating around and he's throwing that wheat up in the air and everything's coming down on top of him and he's not getting him very far. And he says, Lord, he says, I I fear, I can't go. And then we know there's Jeremiah. Jeremiah, the man of God, uh, he was to to go and lead the children and fight a battle. And uh, he says, but Lord, he says, "Uh, I'm but but a youth. Uh, I wish I could use that now, Uh, but I can't. (laughs) But God wants us to understand And he wants us to recognize the moments that we live um, when he changes the times and the season. Uh, We're told of a man, I picked this up this week, we're told of a man that ran into a train depot and asked a ticket agent there, um, he says, what time does the 801 train leave? And the ticket agent says, 801. He says, well, uh, he says, my watch says 759. The town clock says at 7.57, and uh, the uh, clock here in the train depot says 8.04. So which time am I to go by? Ticket agent says you can go by any time that you want to, but if you're trying to catch the 8.01 train, you're three minutes too late. Uh, And so that's where a lot of us are at. Uh, We're running late sometimes. Sometimes we're trying to reap when we should be planting. Sometimes we're planting when we should be harvesting. Sometimes we're running when we should be resting. And resting when we should be running. So doing the right thing may be commendable. But sometimes it will cause you to miss the train. If you're not keeping up with the time in which God has for you. Now I'm not much for changing time. Uh, and they're going to change time again. On March the 10th, uh, they're going to change time again. And, and about the time I get this time down, they'll change it again. Uh, and I stay all messed up. I can't get my sleep all regulated uh, because our government wants to continue to change the time. Uh, so God tells us in the Word of God, uh, He commands us to redeem the time. 
In Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 16, he says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And then in Colossians 4 and 5, it says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. So now, this year, we've got 12 months, and we've got 52 weeks, and we've got 366 days this year to redeem the time because this is going to be a leap year. They have to do that, what, every four years in order to catch up with the time. So each month, each week, each day, we're to redeem the time. Now, let's look at the meaning of time. The meaning of time. We have the word chronos, uh, which is a measurable period of time. In other words, when people say, what time does your Sunday school start here? And you give them a chronos uh, period of time. And that is that we start at nine o'clock, right? And then we have preaching service. It starts at 10.15, and uh, that's a period of time. And then they'll say, what time you get out? And we'll say, one o'clock. And, uh, but no, <laughs> we, don't, we don't get out at one. So there is the Koranas. Then there's Keros. It's a time of opportunity. In other words, it's a harvest time, or it's a certain period of time to do certain things. I got a call just the other day. You've got an appointment, 9 o'clock on Monday morning. Are you going to be there? And if you're going to be there, it says on your phone, it says if you're going to accept this, then you push the number 1. If you're going to refuse this, then you push number number 2. So you've got to be careful in that area there. And then there's another word that, that, that is out there. There is a Hebrew word, which simply means et, E-T, and uh, it's an expression or a point of time, uh, kind of like the word yom. Uh, now, you know, I never did understand yom. I know what yom is, uh, but I don't know what yom is. Uh, but yom kippur, you know, we've just got through that. Do you know what that means? Uh, do you know what that symbolically is? You see it on your counter. Uh, that's a period of time when uh, the Jews are encouraged uh, to ask forgiveness and commit everything to the Lord during that year. And they observe that by doing a 25-hour uh, fasting period of time in a religious service. Uh, so primarily the Bible views time as a limited succession of days in, in which humans are allotted a pointed time. For instance, in Psalms chapter number 90, verse number 10, it says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and it by reason of the strength they be fourscore years, yet it is their strength, labor, and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. <clears throat> this morning, I have lived 28,164 days. I have lived 675,936 hours. I have lived 40,356,168 minutes. And you say, that's a long time. Not near enough. Not near enough. So understanding God's timing, the meaning of time. 
Time is a divine gift. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. But the day is a gift. That's the reason it's called the present. And so time is among many things a gift. Uh, Each day that we live, it's a gift. Uh, Since we begin and close each day with the promise of another, uh, each day that we are given is a gift from God. So understanding that God is a giver of life uh, and that the length of our days are in His hands uh, and we realize that time is that gift from God. uh, And in Deuteronomy chapter number 4, verse number 40, uh, it says, Thou shalt keep therefore His statutes... uh, And his commandments, which I command thee this day, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee, and that thou mayest prolong thy days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee forever. So it says there, if you want to live long, it says then do right. In other words, God said unto Moses, he says, he gave them the Ten Commandments, and he says, if you honor your mother and your father, then your days can be long upon the earth. So Moses is reminding the children of Israel that our days here upon the earth are given by God. So every day is a gift from God. Lamentations chapter number 3, verses 22 and 23. It says, It's of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And so one of the Lord's mercies that are new every morning is the very day that we are given. It's a divine gift that comes from God. Not only that, but we find out that it's a daily grant. I might say with the gift of time comes responsibility. Each day has been given unto us as a grant or a trust, and God wants us to redeem that time. It's something that we entrusted with, and we're caretakers of God's time that He has given unto us. And we know, we, we know that time is given to us that we might use the time in order to accomplish whatever it is that God God wants us to do, whether it's singing in the choir, whether it's praying a prayer, whether it's witnessing to somebody that needs the Lord, or whether it's trying to help somebody that's in need. Everybody's got the same amount of time to do what the Lord wants them to do. If you remember, there's a parable in the, in the, old, in the New Testament. Remember the man there that said he went into a far country, And when he went into the far country, uh, he left all of his servants a token or a certain amount of money. uh, And he said unto them, occupy till I come. Do you know what the word occupy means? It means to stay busy. He didn't put us down here just to to fill up space. Uh, That's not why we're here. But he he sent us down here in order that we might accomplish his will. Uh, So God has entrusted us uh, with the gift of time. And and so he's given us daily something that we can use uh, for his his honor and glory. Uh, And then not only there's the meaning of time, uh, but there's the management of time. Uh, I was in a bookstore not long ago, and I just kind of looked. I I like to look at books, uh, uh, and I was noticing uh, that the bookshelf had 
was just covered up with all different kind of authors uh, uh, that were giving books out on the management of time. So the Word tells us to redeem that, to buy up the time, to make the most of that time, to be wise in redeeming that time. Now think about this. Think about this. Especially you ladies, you think about this, what I'm fixing to say. What about... Every night at midnight, your bank put into your account 86,400 pennies. How much is that? Come on, ladies, you know. It's $864, ain't it? But the stipulation is... Uh, You've got to spend every penny before midnight the next night. I can see some of you ladies out there smiling. Says, let me have it. Give it to me. I'll show you how to take care of that. Uh, I can spend that in a hurry. So every day, every one of you are given 86,400 seconds. But you can't, you can't hold none of it over till tomorrow. We've all tried to do something that uh, maybe to make time longer for us. Uh, that's the reason we go to the doctor. Uh, um, I see, uh, I see here eighty-six thousand four hundred seconds. Uh, what am I going to do with it? Priorities must be settled if you're going to use it correctly. A teacher in a management speaker's class emphasized the importance of priorities. Here's what he said. He took a gallon glass jug and he's got about 50 young students in there. And he begins to take large rather large fist-sized uh, rocks, and he begins to put it down in the jug. And he put them down in that jug until he could get no more into it. And then he said to the students there, he says, is the jug full? And they said, well, of course it is. Uh, well, he took a jug, of, he took a, a, a can of gravel, and he began to work that gravel down into around those larger stones uh, and uh, he could get no more into it. Uh, and so he says to the students, uh, he says, is the jug full now? And of course, they said, yes, it's full. So then he goes around and he takes a uh, jar of sand and he begins to pour sand down in that jug until he could get it no more. And he'd shake that jug and it was fill up. And they said, is the jug full now? And they all said, well, sure it is. Well, he took a big thing full of water and he began to pour water into the jug until he could put no more water into the jug. And he says, uh, is the jug full now? And of course they said, yes, the jug's full now. Okay. What is the lesson in this? Well, uh, a young whippersnapper raised up his hands and he says, 
The point is, no matter how full your schedule gets, if you really try hard enough, you can always get something else into it. No, that's not what he was trying to say. Here's the lesson behind that. If you're going to get the big stuff in there first, you better put it in there first. And he went on to say, the big rocks, that's the church. That's your family. That's the things that you desire to do in this walk of life. So put in the big things first. And then these other things, my friend, will come to you later on. Do you realize I was reading something the other day? And it said that a group of doctors got together. And the doctor said, a person that's a believer in God heals faster after surgery than one that doesn't. Think about that. One that believes in God heals faster. So not only is redeeming your time at church a good principle to carry, but it helps you physically also. In other words, I'll send you a bill tomorrow concerning that. You'll get better. Then there's the opportunities that must be seized. Uh, buy up the time. A young farm boy was going down the road with his wagon and had a load of corn on him. And he went through a curve too fast and he turned the wagon over with a load of corn. The neighbor down the road uh, began to investigate. He was a farmer, uh, so he went down to see what was going on. And so he said, uh, well, uh, that's, that's bad. But he said, my wife, she just fixed a, a big meal up there. She says, why don't you come in and, and just have this meal with us? Uh, and the young fellow says, well, uh, he says, I better not do that. He said, Pop, I won't like that. Oh, yeah, he said, come on. He said, she's fixed up a big meal and you'll feel better after you uh, uh, get your belly full of this good food. And so uh, he said, well, okay, you talked me into it. But he said, Pa ain't going to like it. Pa ain't going to like it. He said, well, maybe he'll understand. So uh, he went and ate. Came out rubbing his belly as a young boy would. And he said, boy, I feel much, much better. But Pa ain't going to like this. And the farmer says unto him, well, I'll try to explain to him. By the way, where is Pa at? He says, he's under the wagon. <laughs> so Pa ain't going to like it, is he? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. People want to put off the matter of salvation until the last minute. And then they want to call on God. I was talking to a guy not long ago concerning salvation. And he said, oh, I'll get saved one of these days when I want to. I said, no, you won't. I said, no, you won't. 
Who guarantees you that you're going to have an opportunity to even get saved? You could be, you could be killed instantly in a car wreck and go out into eternity. Uh. So nobody knows the day nor the hour. Uh. Being saved is not something that you put off or should put off. Uh, God's timing is today. There's no guarantees of tomorrow. You know, uh, that I need, if you know that you need to be saved, then you need to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, there'll come a time when you wished you had accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so the Bible commands us to redeem the time, and it's a priority that must be settled uh, uh, before that day comes. Uh, and then there's the misuse of time. One thing you can't recycle is time. A modern magazine gave a report on time and said that the average American, now listen to this, you'll spend six months sitting at a stoplight, eight months opening junk mail, one year looking for misplaced object. I changed that to two for me. I went into a cafe yesterday and left my, left my head there with my hat in it. A lady come running to me and says, you, this is yours, isn't it? Sure it is. We spend two years um, unsuccessfully uh, returning phone calls. Uh, four years, ladies, doing housework. Five years uh, waiting in line. Six years eating. When I read that, I thought to myself, so much of my time is wasted. So much of my time. So we misuse time. There is the foolishness of a sinful life. To live in sin. Now, the Bible tells us in Hebrews eleven twenty five, there's pleasure in sin for a season. But what are you going to do when the season runs out? What are you going to do? The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So the only real happy life is one live for God. You can, you can find many who wish they could be free from the grip of sin. I've run into people that uh, wish they could get a, a quit smoking. Or I've run into people that wish they could uh, stop some of the drugs uh, uh, that uh, they have put into their body. Uh, I've never run into anybody that wished that they no longer had the grace of God. Never. Salvation by grace brings, brings satisfaction and glory to God. Amen. Sure it does. And then there is the fruitfulness of a selfish life. I put up a little sign out in my yard every Christmas. It's a sign out there that says joy. I've been using that sign now for a long, long time. And you say, what does that mean? Well, the acrostic for joy is Jesus, others, and yourself. And that's how we feel around the house. Jesus, others, and then ourselves. Where does Christ fit into your life? What is believing? What is trusting? What is uh, faith? Uh, you say, well, I don't have enough faith 
to believe in God. One thing I noticed this morning as I come in, every one of you came in and just plopped down on that bench. Hey, didn't one of you check to see if it's going to hold you up? You just plop down. How did you know it was going to hold you up? <clears throat> when I was just a young fella, and my uncle started a little church, and he built the benches for that little church. It's one of those AT&T benches. Do y'all know what those are? Don't know what an AT&T bench is? That's a bench that they put the boards together, but they didn't hardly get them together. And when you sit down on it, it would reach out and touch you. <laughs> It'd get a hold of you. <clears throat> he built the benches and Miss Justice came in. Miss Justice always sat on the front pew, right where Hope was at here. She sat down on that. I was always in the back. But when she sat down on that pew, it turned her bottom side upwards right back into the other one, and she exposed the world to everything that she had in that moment of time. I got so tickled, that's the only time my mother ever took me out and gave me a whipping from church. But she turned bottom side upwards. <clears throat> and I remember my uncle, when I went through the door, he said, not enough nails. <laughs> not enough nails. <laughs> Faith is believing God. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Amen. thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God raised him from the dead. He went to Calvary. He was crucified. He died in your place. Uh, he suffered for you, and uh, for uh, he suffered for you in sin and shame. God raised him from the dead, and he's now, this day, on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for me, to which I'm grateful. To which I'm grateful for all that he does for us on a day by day basis. Now, are you, born again, are you a born-again child of God? Now, listen carefully. How can one know? How can one know that they're saved? Romans 8, 14 tells you. As many as are led... By the Spirit of God, they are the children of God. Are you being led by the Spirit of God? If you are, then you're a child of God. If you're not being led by the Spirit of God, you're not a child of God. 
So it's up to you. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ in the free pardon of sin? I mean, God is ready to save whosoever will can come and you can be born into the family of God. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair when the saved shall gather over on the other shore and the roll is called up yonder I'll be there. Sing with me. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the Master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all His wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. Sing, when the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. I'm going to take up an offering for that song so I'll get some of the guys to pass the plate. I know I can't sing, but sometimes it just, get, it just gets in there and I've got to get it out. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm grateful this morning that many, many years ago I heard the gospel, came to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm grateful on that Wednesday night that you put something in my heart that I've never got over. Thank you for allowing me to have faith to trust in you. Thank you today, Lord, for allowing me to be a part of a church that preaches and teaches and sings the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have a home in heaven. That one day, Lord, we'll be absent from the body and we'll be present with our Lord. So I pray here today, God, if there's someone here that's never exercised faith, never taken advantage of the time that you've given to them, I pray today that the Spirit of God will bring conviction to their heart. God, they'll come to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. They'll never regret that day. A lot of things they will regret, but they'll never regret the day 
they, they come to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the privilege to be able to preach again. Pray, Lord, that you'll continue to bless. Forgive us of our sins. Help us to walk worthy of the vocation we've been called. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. While we stand, while they come to sing. Hey guys, Pastor Scotty Gerard here, and I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this has been a resource that's helped you grow in your purpose for God, but also grow in His glory. We also want to extend an invitation to you to join us here in person at Harmony Grove. We are located at 1008 Town Creek School Road in Blairsville, Georgia. We would love for you to come be a part of our service, to be a part of our small groups. If you have children, we have children's classes on Wednesday night and on Sunday morning. And all this information can be found on our website. We'd also like to continue help you in your growth with Christ. If you have a question, maybe a prayer request, or just need to talk to somebody, you can contact us in the emails below in the description, or you can also contact us through our app and through our website, which are also found in the description below. Again, we hope this has been a blessing to you because we know that you joining us today has been a great blessing to us. Thank you so much. God bless.